<sighs> Another day. You know, Sammy? I'm gonna start calling you Doja Cat. Why? Cause, bitch, you're a cow! Bitch, you're a cow! Let's start the show! I don't even know what that means. Hello and welcome to the Drunk United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League as told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the effervescent Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing? Doing very well, and I am effervescent. Yeah, you are. You're like a cool, fresh mojito, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> fresh and sweet. <laughs> we are recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on Apple Podcast or Google Play if you're a weird Android user. And if you'd like to sub- subscribe, please do and rate us. Uh, also, should you have a question or just want to bust our balls, you can contact us. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch with us. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, we are at DU Football Show, the DU Football Show on Facebook, and DU Football Show at gmail.com. And how many people talked to us this week, Sammy? Uh, a big fat zero. That's not good. No, not at all. We need you all to get in touch if this doesn't work very well. Yeah, we're definitely going to call you out. Um, Please, during uh, games, go ahead and tweet us because we are going to say a lot of obnoxious things. And we'll say obnoxious things to you. And you can say obnoxious things back. Isn't that supposed to be the whole purpose of Twitter? Yeah, and then we'll call you out on the show and make you famous to like 42 people. It'll be fabulous. Everybody will love it. So uh, for those of you who haven't listened to the first show, uh, Sam and myself are both in the wine and spirits industry. We both have a deep, passionate love for distilled spirits. So, as the red-blooded Americans that we are, we vow every single show forever to have a drink in our hands while we're doing it. Samuel Graham, what are we drinking tonight? So today we have Whistle Pig Rye, 10-year-old rye whiskey uh, out of Vermont. Ah, so lovely. It's excellent whiskey. Um, it's going to cost you a pretty penny, but it's damn good whiskey. Ah, it is. Sammy, let's have a great show. Cheers, man. Alrighty, let's start recapping. Um, I think the best way to open it up is, honestly, we have a tale of two Manchesters. We have City romps the hell out of Huddersfield Town, 6-1. to one. I think we didn't get the score right, but both of us were very correct on what was going to happen there. But one we were definitely completely wrong on, and we should have seen it because, you know what? United lost points to uh, Brighton the last time they went to visit to them, and they did it again, 3-2. to two. That's a terrible game. From Jose Mourinho's men. See, not a terrible game for Brighton. They played their asses off. No, uh, from the Man United perspective, it was horrendous. Um, They had no idea what they were doing. Their plan went to crap in the first 15 minutes, uh, really. Brighton had them on the back foot. um, And two goals in 120 seconds is kind of a one-two punch. They did pull one back through Romelu Lukaku uh, about midway, a little beyond midway through the first half. But then nothing again until stoppage time. Yeah, in fact, the uh, the first goal, uh, Murray's little uh, cheeky little flick. Uh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's normally what a team like Manchester United does to a team well, like Brighton. That's not what the a other team way around. like Man United is supposed to do. Yeah, precisely. And then, uh, um, of course, uh, only I would know this, but an ex-Evertonian, Shane Duffy, uh, the center back, gets the second goal. And then, of course, uh, Pascal converts on the uh, on the penalty on kick. On the penalty, yep. But De Gea uh, did well to get a foot to it. I, I, very I thought well. that was very athletic. He started to dive and somehow stopped himself. Yeah. 
didn't stop it from going in, but at no. least there was some effort. Yeah. And uh, we now have a new game we can play with Manchester United. Instead of um, let's watch and see how Manchester United plays, let's see how Pogba takes penalty kicks. Because this time he took two quick steps and then <laughs> bolted at the ball. So <laughs> he's clearly right he's, at the thing. You know, he's trying to keep different keepers on their toes so they don't know what's up. I thought he was going to run past it. <laughs> so here's here's the one I've got for you. I okay. So in the press this week, Josie keeps making Pogba the captain, and then Pogba comes out and he's like, "Yeah, Josie's a dick." <laughs> like, yeah, over and over again. I'm not really sure what this relationship is, but it's not working. One of them needs to just drop their their pride and get out of Manchester. Like, it's horrendous. Um. I don't know why, and really, that's probably going to be Pogba's role because uh, I don't know who wants to stay in football detention. So have you seen anything at all other than, like, I know there was this coded kind of uh, passe way of saying it, that Sanchez was out, he wasn't joining the team. Was it a sickness? Like, it was complete mystery. It was just like, oh, yeah, um, he came down with something. He's not going to be at the game. And then no one talked about it. Yeah, I haven't heard anything said specifically but it was a lot like Ozil's quote-unquote back problems last year with us um and I think with everything going wrong at United at the moment uh the terrible preseason that they had something's going on up there um Alexis did it to us before he left uh you know so if he can't get him to play on 500,000 a week wages there's going to be some issues there yeah, I mean, he could just be like Ozil and just stand on the field and walk around in circles. I'm sure he's happy enough to. <laughs> oh, let's uh, let's talk about the the other Manchester City. Like we said, we we expected ahead of time that this was going to be an absolute romp, and we're not surprised. Uh, the quick three goals right at the start of the game. Obviously, Aguero gets a hat trick uh, throughout the match, and Silva had a dandy. But those first three goals, taking nothing away from City, all great shots. But uh, Ben Hammer, this is going to be the first and last time I mention his name as a goalkeeper because I don't think Ben Hammer is ever going to play goalie again. You get you get <laughs> beat badly for coming out for a ball you shouldn't have come out for that your defender was covering. You get beat on the near post, and then you do your best carryus and just go, and eh, let me not hold on to the ball and throw it back to the other guy and let him tap it in. Yeah, he had a bit of a nightmare, didn't he? Yeah. Um, we won't be seeing much of him this no, season. No. No, we, we might see him in the Carlin Cup, maybe, to get him some confidence, maybe. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think you'll see him in the league unless there's some freak injury to someone. And uh, De Bruyne who? Yeah. Well, don't need him. <laughs> just who are you? Silva just steps right in and goes, ah, we got this. I'll just run the team now. Everything will be a-okay. Yeah, it was just utter dominance from start to finish. I mean, there was nothing that Huddersfield could really do. It was one lapse in concentration that allowed them in. Uh, to score. Other than that, I mean, listen to some of these stats for City. 959 touches of the ball, over 760 passes, and 76.9% possession. 32 shots, 14 of which were on target. No team would have stood a chance. No. Does any team stand a chance? I mean, it's... I still think Liverpool could give them some problems, but the way that they're playing at the moment and who they have to bring in off the bench and now come back from injury in De Bruyne, I think they're going to be too much for anyone. Yeah, I, it's pretty pretty unreal. And and again, um, Sané, sub, 
not even starting. And he was, I kind of think, the unsung hero of that squad last year with how he would just, Pep would just get him to play wide, stay wide, create width, and it worked constantly. No one could handle him. Yeah, now I did hear uh, the other day that last season, in a good performance, one in which that he scored at halftime, he was substituted. Um, Pep Guardiola gave him an old shellacking in the dressing room for his attitude and the way he was playing, showboating and doing some other things. I think that might be a running theme here. And with the addition of Riyad Mahrez, you could see uh, Leroy Sané just being a cameo guy. Really? I think maybe that's why Germany didn't take him to the World Cup. Maybe there's some attitude problem that nobody knows about, you know, other than his managers. Oh, that's that. That's a shame because I mean the talent is undeniable with him as as a player. Absolutely, I mean, he's a very special player. Watching him play, absolutely. And his, for a game largely based on pace, he does have foot skill. Don't get me wrong; he has a ruthlessness to him um, in in his finishing. But for a player largely based on pace, these are his going to be his best years. Yeah, he's going to need to be playing now because right. when he's twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, he's going to lose a step. Right, or just walk around the field like Mesut Ozil. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to escape this. (laughs) Nope. Um, One last thought on uh, United, and then we'll wrap this up and go on to other games. Um, The defense. So you play perfectly admirably. You have an amazing game the week before. And then, uh, you know, just go, you know what? Screw it. Let's play awful. I mean, the center backs couldn't have been worse in this game. So the the scoreline for me actually flattered United. They didn't deserve to score the second goal. No. They didn't really deserve the first goal, to be honest with you. It should have been 3-0. Um, despite enjoying two-thirds possession, I the, they were terrible. In every department, they were terrible. Yeah. Pogba had one really good shot in the second half that, um, uh, forgive me for not knowing the Brighton keeper's name, but uh, he got a beautiful, got like a little bit of a fingertip on it and just knocked it wide. Is it Matt so, Ryan? I, I, think it's, I think it's Ryan, I think yes. So. But it was a brilliant hand. Oh my God. It was, yeah. Yeah, it's, but other than that, it, it, there wasn't even a like real attack out of yeah. Man they're, United. They're in football detention. Jose Mourinho is the headmaster. Of detention. This is where attacking players go to die now. And they had something like uh, 65% possession. Like, and just yep. didn't, did not, did not seem to have any attacking they prowess looked, whatsoever. For me, they looked tired. They lacked invention. They lacked creativity. And for some of the players they have on the field, it's absolutely ridiculous for those departments to be, to be lacking in. I can't believe it. And Eric Bailly, it looks like a man that needs a hug. He looked like he was going to burst into tears the entire first half. He, and he, he was brilliant the week before. Absolutely brilliant. I yep. mean, he completely shut down Iannaccio. And Iannaccio is a way better striker than Glenn Murray is. Like, And Glenn Murray's aging. He's an older player. It's like... Well, but that's just the thing. Glenn Murray's a wily operator. But all, all Brighton was doing, it was very easy to see. It Absolutely. was direct, long balls to Murray, like... This is something you should have easily been able to handle as a defense, right? Now, I think Eric Bailly was sold out by Eric Lindelof tremendously. Mm -hmm. He was slow to react. He didn't cover for his partner. Um, And with them only having one one out-and-out striker, the two of you got to work together and communicate, and I don't think they were. And Glenn Murray ripped them apart. Like I said, he's a wily old operator. He's been there for a long time at this level. Um, And he can make people look stupid still, which he did. 
All right, on to our next group of matches. We uh, saw three different matches with three different red cards. One might argue there should have been a whole lot more red cards in each of those matches. There should have been a whole lot more red cards. That was, oh my, I've never, I haven't seen stuff like that for 20 years. Yeah. So uh, the first one we're going to talk about would be um, Liverpool traveling to Selhurst Park and uh, put in a rather professional effort, you know, to uh, beat Palace 2 nothing. This is exactly the style of game Liverpool would always lose last season. They went out, they played a team that packed it in, played them tough, wasn't giving them an inch, and, you know, be it from getting the free kicks or fouls or just constantly not giving up on giving the ball to Mo Salah in the middle of the field, they found a way to win the game. Uh, it, was, it was very impressive. Sacco impressed me in this game. Um, Liverpool, obviously a former Liverpool player, let him go uh, a couple of years ago, first on loan and then permanently to Palace. Um, he's really come on under Roy Hodgson and been a consistent performer at the back. I think the Liverpool players, it's their greatest strength and their biggest downfall. They have such confidence in each other and confidence going forward that when those outside backs bomb forward as they do, they do leave their center backs exposed. Because as they hold possession, Navi Keita, it happened with Jordan Henderson, everybody inches forward and inches forward, now you're stuck with just two men back. Virgil van Dyke can't do everything. And they leave a tremendous amount of space on the wings exposed. Wilfred Zaha today exploited that space and really put Liverpool under pressure. And you know what? Van Dijk, Gomez, for the were up to the call. They they handled the task perfectly. They you know they they seemed to be able to pretty much shut down Zaha. I mean, he had opportunities, but it wasn't like it was ever anything you really as I would say as a Liverpool fan, like someone who is not that I would ever be a Liverpool <laughs> fan. But uh, the, uh, the I mean, it's so hard to try to be nice to them when they actually play well. All I want to do is just say co-bites or gobshites. Oh, okay. Um, back to uh, fair and balanced um, um, uh, analysis, right? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Sam, hurry up and talk. I, I'm just going to start yelling curse words into this right. microphone about <laughs> Liverpool. All right. Yeah, you're getting that vein again there. Yeah. Um. So, Wilfred Zaha, uh, in the second half especially, I thought caused a bunch of problems. Cutting in from that left-hand side, there was one uh, play in particular that took two deflections on the way to Allison. Those deflections, though, offset each other. Mm -hmm. So, it did nestle right into his chest without an issue. Um, other than that, I think Mo Salah uh, had a stop-start game, to be honest with you. There was a couple of chances here and there, um, but that break at the end for Mane's goal was absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. You couldn't... That was excellent. Two touches, bang off to Mane. His first touch was excellent, uh, taking it away from the defender. Second touch to cut across the defender, and then was able to keep his feet and round the goalkeeper. Uh, was was phenomenal. The uh, red card, I understand um, why it was given. I think Mo Salah made a meal of it. Oh, it, God, it was yeah, definitely he, a red. He made Don't a meal of wrong. that. He made a meal of the penalty as well. Yeah, it was definitely a red. Don't get me wrong. But um, but he uh, he he showed the referee that he was fouled for sure. Yeah, you would think uh, Basica would have liked in that instance to maybe have get a little more spike on him. If it's like if you're going to go out for a red, at least uh, at least know you kicked the shit out of him when you did it. That's what I would have done. I mean, you know, if you're going to take him out, take him out. You know, you don't want to mm. be sent off for something piddly like that. It's it's unfortunate for him. Not that you want to hurt anybody. You just want to let them know that you're there and, you know, remind them that 
you know, they can't do that kind of stuff to you right. on a regular basis. So um, with with that in mind, like I said, the uh, the penalty, do you think if Salah doesn't make a meal of it and throw both of his legs up in the air as he's going down when it was just barely tripped by one person, um, do you think the ref would have called the penalty? Do you think he makes a meal of it because maybe the ref would have let it slide? Part of the problem with football these days is if you don't go down, the refs don't call it. Yeah. It was a penalty. He was tripped. And you have to play act to a, to a certain degree. It's like taking a charge in basketball. You you make the most of the contact. I understand that. When they grab their feet and, and ankles and knees and roll around clutching their face like they've just been shot, you know, that's what irritates me. Yeah. I have no problem with them like, hey, pay attention. I just got hit. You know, I have no issue with that because referees nowadays, unless you go down, very rarely call especially penalties. So, uh, leading into the next of those three games, I have to be honest, I wish I could have visited Malaysia instead of um, actually waking up at 7 o'clock in the morning to watch this game where Newcastle and Cardiff played to a, let's call it, chippy (laughs) nil-nil draw. Yeah, most of the issues were in the middle of the park. There weren't many chances. Uh, Cardiff only mustered one shot on goal despite having more of the possession, which they won't have most of the season. Um, it was not a very good game and I really wished I could have went back to sleep. You know, the good thing though, is that because the owners of the club are, um, I believe they're Thai, um, but they're, they're uh, Southeast Asian and all throughout the stadium, it tells you all the better places you can go than Cardiff and watch a game. <laughs> yeah. They tell you to visit the Philippines. They tell you to visit Thailand. They tell you to visit Vietnam. Their shirts say visit Malaysia. It's like, please visit anywhere in the Southeast except for coming to a Cardiff City game. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I wish I was there. I mean, in in my head, I was in a Southeast Asian country and not watching this crappy, just terrible game. I couldn't believe it. Um, Newcastle obviously had the best chance with the penalty, but Kennedy, it was weak. It was too central. It was telegraphed. Um, I really do. I I said it a second ago. I really do wish I could have went back to bed. I could have used that extra 30 minutes of sleep. Soccer gods would have looked, were looking down on that game and went, oh, Kennedy shouldn't even be here. So Kennedy is now going to kick a really crappy PK and not score because earlier in the game, right in front of the ref, a cynical as hell. That was ridiculous. Just whacked him right in the knee. That was ridiculous. I think it almost happened too close to the referee. Because the referee's attention, obviously, as it should be, is on the ball. Of course. Um, and they were literally right next to the ref, but he was watching the play go on. So he didn't see it. Uh, ended up giving a free kick for, for something else. So now I heard the FA has ruled that he will not face disciplinary action. Right. Lucky, lucky boy. Yeah, because if there was no foul, if there was no foul at all called in that situation, he absolutely would have seen three for it. There's uh, no at least. doubt about it. Yeah, no at least. So would Harry Arter. Yeah. Now that's and th- that's what I uh, found interesting here too. Is so you have the sub Hayden come on at the uh, in the second half and then uh, see the red card for a, that's a terrible tackle. I mean, well. it was t- well, I mean, what, uh, what now, are you doing now? Somebody, some pundits have said that he was like going straight at his knee. If you watch it in in replay, it's actually he slides into the guy and the leg goes up to the knee, and that's probably a little bit of, you know, bouncing off of the player and the leg goes up, but it's still a god awful challenge. Oh yeah, it's almost like a reverse stamp. You know, he kicked him in the back of the knee. Harry Arter kicked the player in the front of the knee, but did the exact same foul 
the exact same foul. And did, yeah. he didn't even – no, he did see yellow for it. He At saw, least yellow, saw yellow, which is why he won't face further action just, either. D- d- I mean, you want to talk about a really, really bad tackle. Oh, yeah, and the ball was three yards away from, from the player that he hit. It wasn't even close. You know, I mean, he almost hit him as high on his leg as Phil Jack Yelka did last week. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Keep up with the Mesodizzle jokes. Then. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that's going to be your only one because you're never going to see the captain again. Seamus <laughs> is wearing the band. The world is a better place. Stop it. I love football right now. I bet. Yeah, I, I do. And I dislike it more and more every day. Uh-huh. That's great. Well, I mean, you're going to be going down and we're going to win the league. Super Bowl, bitches. That's all there is to it. <laughs> So, uh, with that being said, um, for those of you who uh, noticed the last World Cup, there was uh, VAR, which was a video review of being able to kind of watch plays. And also, more importantly, it's a big brother eye in the sky that keeps players honest. And the one thing that we didn't have a lot of, it's not to say that it wasn't still uh, prevalent, you know, the me- uh, was the uh, Mexican player stepping on uh, Neymar's ankle. Yep. Like, I mean, there was still there were still plays after the fact that happened but for the most part players at the world cup knew that there was somebody watching them do you think having var would have stopped something like what kennedy did because kennedy's was behind the play just decided to kick a guy for the sake of kicking a guy he knows there's var does he not commit that foul because he knows i in the sky's watching i don't know he was pretty heated he might have done it anyway but he would have gotten caught and he would have been banned Um, which is what you want from VAR. That's the whole idea, is to make the game cleaner. Somebody with a cooler head probably would have thought about it first, um, but that's why you want VAR. And I don't know if you saw what happened in the Burnley match down in the corner towards the end of the game. I was going to get to that a little bit later. Absolutely, VAR would have caught that. He would have seen six for that. Yeah. Oh, Because there's no challenge. Nothing was happening. He just decided to take the opportunity to step on that player's yeah. hands. Lawton on uh, Kapu. Lawton just ridiculous. Look, and looked down at him. When I saw the replay on oh, NBC yeah. Sports today, he looks down at the hand. Then he looks up. Then he steps on the hand like, no, wait, I've done nothing. Don't mind yep. me. Nothing to see here, you looky-loose. Yeah, it was terrible. And he should be banned for that. Now, they do have nothing was called in that situation. So they do have retroactive action potentially from the FA. I think you're going to see him get three, uh, but maybe six for gross misconduct. Now, I will say uh, about VAR, um, I think that there's still a lot of kinks to be worked out. And the biggest kink, if we look at all the successes of VAR from the World Cup, the one major failure was in the final with the second goal where um, was it a handball or was it a goal kick? is the only answers the ref was allowed to say. He wasn't allowed to say it was anything else. Correct. When clearly it was an unintentional handball, but it hit the guy and went out of bounds and should have been a corner It should have been kick. a corner, but the ref wasn't allowed He's to change He's not allowed to, to say that. So Correct. the ref then has to say either one, well, then he I'm, looks a like moron, a schmuck again. I'm a moron that doesn't see the ball hit that player. Correct. Or two, I have to call a handball. And he was put in that situation. And, and that's where I think VAR can fail. The game at times is because you try to make it so cut and dry. You need to be able to allow the interpretation of the ref in that situation because I guarantee you that ref, if any any at the final was under the hood for a while looking at it, he would have probably have said corner kick. No well, yeah, absolutely. Corner. I mean, you had half the world's population watching it. He's going to be aware of that. And he has to call something at that point. Everyone sees it hit his hand. Yeah, but the fact that he's not allowed to call a corner in that situation – you know, ruin that. I mean, that, that 
he had a, a, no common sense at all went into the implementation of that particular scenario, yep. which is unfortunate. So our uh, our third of the red cards, of course, our favorite person in the world, Jamie Effing Vardy, decides to see a red card. And uh, what was a very spirited opening for Wolves? Uh, put a couple off the pipes. Really had the foxes on their on their heels. And then a magnificent header to the top corner from Matt Dortry. The only problem, it was on his own net. And Lester goes on to win 2-0. Yeah, I think they were unlucky there. They did have those chances. Had they been, you know, a little bit more experienced, a little bit more ruthless, they would have been able to put them away and put Lester on the back foot. Um, Jamie Vardy's known to mix it up a bit. And uh, he, you saw last year in the Champions League against Sevilla. Um, I'm sorry, two years ago in the Champions League against Sevilla. Uh, him and Samir Nasri, old Arsenal boy, uh, uh, got together in the middle of the field. Uh, Nasri ended up seeing red for that one. But Jamie Vardy definitely had a part, his part to play in that scenario. Um, as a forwards challenge, not good. Did no business doing it and should never do it again. But he, I will. love how he and sees the red card. He just kind of like throws his arm up in the air yeah. as if to like, I like to think myself that he just looks at me and goes, I'm Jamie F and Vardy. I'll do what I want to <laughs> do. do. If I want to kick somebody yeah. in the knee, I'm going to kick somebody in the knee. In fact, F you and just walks off the field. Well, that's what happens when you don't make your Premier League debut until you're 28. You know, I mean, he came up in the hard way through, yeah. through the conference, <laughs> through League Two, League One, the championship. And then finally into the Premier League with Leicester. <laughs> I mean, funny. He, he learned how to play in those lower leagues. In the conference, sure. in the conference, that's not even a whistle. Oh, no, the the ref would tell you to just get the f up. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the ref would be rushing the game along, so he has to go to work. <laughs> well, um, Madison, uh, we were talking about him last week. Gets a goal. Yeah, it was on a deflection, but it counts. It's its first Premier League goal and. Uh, very quickly is making everybody forget who the hell Riyad Moraz is. You know, very quickly. Absolutely. Um, the two young players for England I'm very excited about are Madison and uh, and Foden for Man City. Um, they both look the business. They, they look composed. They look ready for this level. And you're going to see more of them. Hopefully, Foden can get a loan and play. Uh, and I think that Madison needs to stay put and not take a lucrative offer in January or in the summer. Stay put, ply your trade, learn the game, and then move on when you're ready to make that next step. It's you're, not going to be this summer. You're with a perfectly good middle-of-the-table team. Now. Absolutely. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I hate to say it about my team, but Rom was in the right place for Rom, and then he moved on to United at the right time. It was... It was perfect. He played. He played under with the a, wrong manager. Yes, <laughs> under the wrong manager. But but Rom was in the. He he played for the right team, and and he was able to really learn a lot from it. And heck, almost be the uh, the golden boot winner that year for them. And for all you casual fans, Rom is Romelu Lukaku. Uh, that's Sam's pet name for him. Romelu. <laughs> he doesn't Aramalu. There we go. That's my uh, singing and entertainment moment. I am going to need some more whiskey because um, my team is included in this. But uh, got to tell you, these next four games are what we're going to call, and this will be a running theme because it'll happen every week, is, oh, so that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very unassuming and um, just kind of went about their business. Yeah. Bournemouth beat West Ham 2-1. to one. 
Oh, so that happened. Yeah, I mean, Spurs I... beat Fulham three to one. Oh, so that happened. Watford beat Burnley three to one. Oh, so that happened. And Everton beat Southampton two to one, which I called, by the way, bitches. Oh, that happened. Yeah. All right. Um, where do you want to start with this? Let's go ahead and start with uh, West Ham's god awful defending. Um, apparently, oh you know, five people are not enough to control. The power that is, it's Colin Wilson, right? Or Colin? Callum. Callum. Okay. Well, hey, name assassin strikes again. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the truth. You are the worst at names ever. Oh. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, uh, West Ham, I don't know what's wrong with them. Chicharito, again, a penalty, made a meal of it, same as Mo Salah. I understand it. Referee called it because he went down. He had every right to go down. He got right. hit. He, he got, got tripped. Yeah. He got fouled. He was Everything definitely a penalty. fine with that. No problem. And Altovich, great penalty. Power, pace to the corner. Goalkeeper had no chance. And then West Ham threw up all over themselves. Yeah, it was the most West Ham thing that West Ham could have ever West Hammed. <laughs> it was very bad um, defending. Uh, Callum Wilson picks up the ball in the center circle and just goes on a marauding 40-yard run. And there's... Almost like a West Ham defender force field around him, just ushering him right to the goal. Five men around him, and none of them actually tried to get close to him until the last defender right at the 18 put a little bit of a body on him. Yeah. And and I'm Fabianski, I'm just get Adrian back in the net for West Ham. At least, I mean, he may make mistakes, but at least he plays with passion and and throws his body at everything. It was so haphazard the way Fabianski just kind of fell to his knees, did the splits, and just kind of threw one arm in the air vaguely like as if to go, oh, yeah, I kind of got wide, and that was about it. Yeah, and I, I know you're not a fan, but uh, I think Manuel Pellegrini is going to come good uh, with this team. It's just going to take time. They have a few new signings. They're trying to gel. They you know, need to get some egos under control. Um. And I'd love to say something funny and, and witty about that defending from West Ham, but I can't because as a hard-nosed defender, it just pisses me off. I would have put my shoulder down and just body-checked him. Either the man or the ball, never both. And between five of us, we couldn't figure out how to bring this man down. That's the definition of when you need a professional foul. You take the yellow, but you stop them 30 yards from goal, and you deal with the set piece as it comes. So, same defenders last year under David Moyes. They played great defensive ball and were able to handle it. Is it Pellegrini or is it the defenders? A little bit of both because Pellegrini's system is much more attacking. I think given a little bit more time, I think they will start to figure it out. But I... They might not be good enough for his system. Could be the problem. So one of them is going to have to change. I just don't know which side it's going to be yet. The manager or the players. So Spurs beat Fulham 3-1. to one. Sam, you are going to have to find a new Mr. August to put on your Arsenal calendar. Because Harry Kane, as we both predicted, got off the schneid and finally scored in August. You know, I got lucky that my notes crashed uh, as I was writing them down this weekend. And I lost everything. Because they were filled with jibes about not scoring in August. And then he scores that third goal, which kind of makes me mad. 
Uh, but it is what it is. What are you going to do? They deserve to win. Fulham showed a little bit. I think they will come good also. The entire back line and the goalkeeper have only played together for a few games now uh, competitively. Um, I think they are going to come good. Tottenham did start to look a little leggy again, and I'd be worried about the injuries. Uh, but it was a comprehensive win, very professional. They just went about their business. The goal was a little unlucky. I think Sessegnon was trying to shoot. Mm-hmm. It just so happened to fall to Mitrovic, who was on his knees, and then mustered a little header somehow. It was very odd yeah. how that happened, uh, but it did. And Lucas Mora, what a goal. Stand wow. up and be counted, son. That was brilliant that's that's one of those little curves as 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 a former goalie you watch it go by you little curve yeah just you watch that ball going by you and you're like it's going wide it's going wide it's going wide it's going over my hand it's in the back of the net what the hell just happened (laughs) and you're just like oh like you're like no i followed it the whole way i did everything i'm supposed to do it started three yards outside the post i mean it was brilliant you that was phenomenal um and then again, Kieran Trippier, we saw it at the World Cup with England. Another free kick goal from a right back. It was excellent. Uh, up and down over the wall, didn't give the keeper a chance. Saw it late because of the wall. There was there was nothing he could have done. Um, I know come the summer, all the attention will be paid to uh, Harry Kane and Deli Alley because of uh, them being attacking-minded players. But I really think the biggest loss that Spurs will see will be Kieran Trippier. Um, just that that outside wing back, he is the prototype for what that outside wing back should be. Um, a la like what you know Leighton Baines was for us in the prime of his career. Just takes the sickest free kicks, runs goal line to goal line, and never seems to get tired. Like it just. The hustle's unreal, defends great, passes great, attacks great. It's it's almost unfair. And I think, you know, yes, Kane is going to get the big payday and Spurs are going to get a huge payoff for for Harry when, when he moves on. But I think Trippier will be the one that, and he'll probably end up going to a team in the Prem, not necessarily like go to Barca or Bayern or... Or PSG. Yeah, I mean the English or, don't travel well typically. They, they yeah. tend not to go overseas. He's he's one of those guys that ends up going to like City and just makes you pay well, for it. But forever. I don't I don't I don't think that he will. Uh, I think you could see him end up somewhere like Liverpool, or end up somewhere you know probably not Arsenal. Obviously, we don't sell players back and forth too terribly often. Um, but you could see him once Manchester United decide to finally sack Jose Mourinho. I think you could see him end up at United. Yeah. Uh, with Antonio Valencia getting yeah. older, Ashley Young getting older, and not really being a defender in the first place. Yeah. I think you're going to see him probably at United. To be honest, yeah. United, um, Chelsea, City, but end up at one of those one of those clubs. Yeah, for sure. Liverpool uh, would. Uh, I would say Liverpool. Other than the fact that Alexander Arnold, is Alexander Arnold, and Robertson are both fantastic yeah. as young outside backs. I don't. I think all they want now are, would be more young outside backs to be backup to those guys. Right, not exactly. The replacement. And, and, but remember who City bought last year or two years ago? I'm sorry, from Tottenham, uh, Kyle, Walker, yeah, Kyle Walker, who was the one keeping Kieran Trippier out of the side most of the time. So right. they already have a world class young English right back. That whole World Cup situation um, with with uh, the back three where uh, uh, Kyle Walker slid into the middle was very odd. Yeah. It worked, but it was very odd. That's not his natural position. I don't think you're going to see him do that too terribly often. 
All right, so these next two we're going to do uh, fairly quickly. Watford uh, goes to Turf Moor and wins 3-1. to one. Now, we mentioned this earlier, uh, Lawton stepping on a Capoo's uh, hand. Uh, if the, the FA is going to come down hard on him because it was clearly, we, we already talked about it, but yep. it was quite bad. And that's where VAR would come in. Now, granted, it was right at the end of the game. Watford was stalling time, um, you know. It, it, it wouldn't have been it would have been a useless red but that's what it would have been you know it still would have been a red they would have given yeah a absolutely that VAR can affect that particular game which helps you always want that you oh after the fact this guy's banned well that didn't help us it helps the next three teams they play so I'm still at a disadvantage from you know that's where VAR comes in is you can fix that situation right then and there and who knows the referee going to look at it clock still doesn't stop. Right. That adds on stoppage time. Okay. So that gives Burnley, or uh, I'm sorry, that gives um, Watford, Watford a chance, a to, chance score more. To, to score more, you know, and, and goal difference may come into play towards the end of the season. You, you never want to stop scoring goals. Adrian Gray, Troy Deeney up front together. The perfect example of a young striker working with a veteran striker. Wow, those two look good together. Troy Deeney is so annoying. <laughs> I can't stand him. I really can't. He just, he always pops up. And his interview about Arsenal last year didn't help anything either. But oh. had some choice comments for us, of course. But he's just an, an annoying. He's a forward. wise, wise yeah. man. <laughs> he's just an annoying forward. I just, he just he buzzes around, bugs the crap out of you. He's physical. He's hard nosed, which is good to see. I mean, don't get me. He's a good player. It's just, it, he's a nightmare for defenders. And it showed again uh, again at the weekend. Burnley uh, capitulating at their own home, I've never seen that before. That's concerning. Yeah. Uh, they don't, I, I they don't be lose fine. to Man United or Chelsea no. or City 3-1 to one at home. I think they'll they be fine. They lose one nothing yeah. at home to those guys. For whatever reason, they just didn't have it that day. Uh, it was good for Watford to get some points on the board this early in the season in the first two games. And I think they're going to um, – I think they're eventually going to be safe anyway. They're but beginning to – Burnley ex- will be fine. They're beginning to experience Europe. They played on Thursday and they played on Sunday. And Europa, unlike mm. Champions League where you can play Tuesday or Wednesday and get some time to recover, that Thursday-Sunday is not easy. That's and for tough. them, they went all the way out to Turkey to play their game. It's so very it's tough. very tough. Especially in these qualification rounds, like you said, when you have to travel so much. They were uncharacteristically giving the ball away, uh, just lapses of concentration. They they looked tired. And finally, the greatest $50 million ever spent, uh, Richarlson scores yet again for Everton. I think Walcott, back in the days, your boy, Don cost $50 you, million, so you might want to watch your tone. Your boy, your boy, Walcott, you know, greatest uh, winger ever, uh, also got a fabulous goal on an amazing free kick. You can tell that free kick was practiced on the training ground and uh, yeah. beat Southampton 2-1. to one. Heck, um, to go back to Walcott, Probably should have been four to one because he was hard luck called on an offside that wasn't offside, Correct. and then he flat out missed a sitter as well oh, in the second terrible. half. That was uh, he might as well have just shot with his eyes closed. Uh, let's start with you calling him my boy. Mm-hmm. Don't, uh, don't appreciate that. And I might end up saying a lot of f words into this microphone, and then we're going to have to pay more money to be explicit. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Graham's profile picture one time was 
Theo Walcott being hauled off on a stretcher after scoring two goals, being up 2-0 against Spurs, that is absolutely positively a profile pitcher in Sam Graham's life. Because it was against Tottenham, not because it was Theo Walcott. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to the football. Uh, 58% possession to Everton. Uh, I thought that was a little unfair. I thought you had more of the ball, to be honest with you. I never thought you were really in any true danger. Um, No. The, excuse me, the play with uh, uh, Danny Ings and Jordan Pickford swinging that almighty hammer of a hand down and and getting that ball under the crossbar was absolutely brilliant. It was a horrible gaffe followed up by what might be one of the most brilliant (laughs) saves ever. It was unreal. One of the best saves of the season. The beauty, that's what you get when you have a young keeper, you know? Yes. He is going to make terrible gaffes. And then he is going to make mind-blowing saves. Yeah, and I said it last week uh, that Gilfie was unlucky to be sacrificed uh, following uh, Phil Jagielka's red card in the first game. This is what he can do. You know, that one-two with Walcott. This is that creative presence Mm -hmm. that that you guys need in the middle of the field. And last year you had 18 number 10s, I guess, on your roster? Pretty much. We we started Um, an entire team of number 10s. Yeah, but this is what happens when you give a player confidence and you you show what he can do. I mean, it was an excellent run from Walcott, learned it from Arsene Wenger, and uh, and just collected the pass brilliantly from um, uh, Gilfie. Yes, he did. It was beautiful. Now, uh, one thing I wanted to mention about um, that Everton game particularly, the substitutes are all players who are with the team. He didn't put in any of the new transfers yet. Only Dinge seen time so far. He went ahead and he started um, with Holgate in the back with Keane. Uh, when Schneiderlin went down, he went to Tom Davies. He is taking the love Davies his, his effort, and he's he's great to watch play. He really is. He's he's one of those guys you just root for. The you know yeah I, his work ethic, his determination, his just his ability is brilliant. He's he's almost like a young James Milner. Yeah. For me, and I, I know he's a red now and all that kind of stuff, but just as a young English utility player that can pass the ball, that can tackle, that can run for days and days and days and occasionally finish uh, a move off, I for my money, he's like James Milner reincarnated because that dude should have died like five years ago. And much like Milner. Not Ash- died, should have retired. Yeah, right. Much like Milner. Um Davies has even filled in at like outside backing games. Yeah, before. exactly. It's like, it's like, where do you need me to play coach? What do you need me to do coach? I'll do whatever you need, which is going to lead me to the second thought about the coaching is so Marco is playing all of the guys that have been in training camp the full time with him, And these are the same guys Kuman had. These are the same guys Unsworth had. These are the same guys Big Sam had. And this is a completely different team. It is insane how different they are. They're playing to their strengths. They're playing with a plan and a purpose. And they're also playing together. You don't have Wayne Rooney, Helter Skelter running all over the field just because he's Wayne Rooney and he does what he wants. You don't have, you know, a number 10 slotted in on the outside left, the number 10 in the middle, a number 10 on the right that 
make the same runs and kind of crisscross and run into each other. They put you're Gilfie not on the left all season. Yeah. All season last that's year, not Gilfie he, never played behind the striker. That's not where he's good. Un- unless he was playing behind Rooney, and it was like, Rooney's not a he's not gonna make the runs. Anymore. Yeah, he's not going to make the runs that like, Gilfie needs to pass to. I Nostalgia, I loved having Rooney with the club. I really, really loved having Rooney with you. the club. It, it handcuffed you. I, but yeah, he, he wasn't going to be the guy he needs to be, which is exactly what Phil Jagielka is going to be. Phil Jagielka will coach that, will, will be a part of that team and lead that team from the bench and from the practice field. And he might not get out on the pitch very much anymore, but it's the kind of guy that all of the players will respect, look to, and want to learn from. And Wayne was not going to be that guy with this club. And you know what? He needed to go to the MLS. And doing what he did against Orlando with the, you know, the 40-yard sprint and the open goal sliding tackle and the pass like that is that is exactly what Wayne Rudy wants to keep being let him be that here and somewhere else where we are in DC it's like let let him be that there he's not ever gonna be the elder statesman that he needed to be for Everton which which was awful because I would have loved to have seen him finish out his career gosh I would have loved more than anything to see like him like let's say win an FA Cup I mean, how amazing would that have been for him? But he wasn't going to be the role that Everton wanted him to be. Yeah, I mean, he had won a few FA Cups already, also a Champions League, and a uh, uh, the couple, couple league titles, I guess. Yeah. You meant for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Meant for me. What was the last time I won a trophy? 95. Oi. Mate. Yeah. But you um, know what? But you know what? <laughs> we have won exactly the same number of Premier League titles as Liverpool has. Ooh, fun fact for everybody out there. I'd Google it if I were you, because Sam might be drunk. <laughs> uh, Richarlison paying back his transfer fee in the first two games. How about that? Yes, he is. <laughs> worth every penny. A thumping and header. And I'm not lying. They've won zero Premier League titles. We've won zero uh, Premier okay, League titles. There we go. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> there you They've go. won exactly the same number of Premier League titles I as we it have. Now. Zero. Leicester City has won more Premier League titles than the Gobshites. They've won one. The Red Shite has won zero. I get it now. You're only going back to 92. It's the start of the Premier the League. Premier League in 92. The Premier League. Rebranded. I you get know, it. I get that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the first flight, Sam. We're talking about the Premier League on this <laughs> podcast. Thank you. So, Richarlison, again, I'm going to wrestle this back from you, uh, driver of the train. <laughs> uh Richarlison paying back his transfer fee already. Scored a poachers. Scored a great little one-two run in. Drop of the shoulder. Slot it to the far side. And now a thumping header. You're going to be excited by that. All three very different types of goals. It shows the lack of do everything. And um, a honorable mention to Shank Tosin. He had himself a game. Yeah. He really did. Very under the radar. It was very Giroud in the World Cup. Kind of under the radar and... Worked hard for the team, made the runs, knowing he wasn't going to get the ball, but he moved the defense around. I'm hoping, I'm hoping fans of the club don't hold it against him that he's not going to necessarily put up goals. I mean, I see him maybe you know being like a 15 goal scorer for the season, but in all competitions, he yes, he's doing all the hard work. Yeah, absolutely. He brings both like center said, backs to him, and yeah. he does it great. Like I said, very Giroud esque in the World Cup uh, for France, just the way that he was able to 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 attract the attention and again making runs that he knew he wasn't going to get the ball but a defender has to go with him you know he he moves that defense around he creates space for other players he lays the ball off appropriately he holds the ball up well 
he did all of the dirty work. It was brilliant. And now we come to the final game of the night. I'd like to talk uh, a lot. I'm just not. This is going to be the segment we call Sam Graham Wants to Bitch. Yeah. Chelsea 3, Arsenal 2. Samuel Graham, the floor is yours. So what little hair I had left, I wanted to rip out after the first 20 minutes. That was horrendous. They played horrifically. Uh, they were slow, lazy, disjointed, soft at the back. Myself included, most Arsenal supporters must have said to themselves, here we go again, same old Arsenal. Both Pedro and uh, Alvaro Morata's goals came after lapses in concentration. Mkhitaryan not tracking the run of Marcus Alonso. Mustafi not tracking the run of Pedro. Ball gets played across. Check had no chance. There was, there was nothing he could have done. Not his fault. And then uh, Mustafi again not tracking Morata. Simple ball. He's also not the quickest player on the face of the earth. You should be able to get back in that in that respect. I literally almost chucked my glass across the bar watching that. Um, Mkhitaryan and Bellerin on the same side of the field. You should have had one in the stands and one outside of the pub, <laughs> and they would have communicated better than they did actually on the pitch together. Yeah, it was not good. I mean, Mkhitaryan's not expected really to defend, but the problem is, is you have Ozil on the field, who's also not expected to defend. Aubameyang's your forward. He's not coming back. So now you're down three already, tracking players. It's not good. Um, they need to sort that out uh, as quickly as they possibly can. Chelsea, on the other hand, played that entire game as they did in the second half against Huddersfield. They were free, open. They stretched their legs. They were disciplined at the back. They kept their shape when they didn't have the ball, which for a lot of the time they had the ball, so they could pretty much do what they wanted. Then... Something happened. I'm not sure what it was. Something happened in the middle in the middle of this first half where Arsenal woke up. They scored a couple of goals. Should have had at least four before halftime. And uh but went in level. They were unlucky in the second half. They were unlucky in the second half not to score. Um an- another one. They had three times hoofed it right over the daggone uh crossbar. Uh, it was it was ridiculous finishing. I need Aubameyang and Lacazette to play together. I thought Ganduzi played well. I thought Torreira played well when he came on. I think they're going to be ones, uh, you know, that are going to provide a lot of steel for us in the future. Uh, Aubameyang, two sitters. Who? Come on, name assassin. I know. Aubameyang. I'm five goddamn whiskeys in. Settle down, killer. <laughs> it just, I mean, the point is, let's let's get past the fact that I can't pronounce names, and let's focus on the fact that. If you have a striker you spend a crap ton of money on, when he gets the ball inside the six twice, you know what he should probably do? I don't know. Score. Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, his chipping wedge out. That that was terrible. And then the second one he put wide was horrific. That little that, dribbler, yeah. It, it, I mean, if there's any positives you can take out of this as, as an Arsenal supporter is they showed the guts to come back. Absolutely. And in the second half, they played very well. It looked like the heavyweight matchup it was billed to be. Shit third goal, though. Bad, Ugh. poor defending again, and just a shit third goal. Yeah, now, Marcos Alonso should be in jail, by the way. He killed um, somebody when he played for Bolton drunk driving. Is it time for um, Mustafi to see the bench? Is it yeah. time for Czech 
to see the bench. Czech, I don't think, could have done anything about two of them. I mean, you let a, a striker of the quality of Murata in on goal like that, what are you going to do? You know, he can't cover all 24 feet by himself, even though probably in his heyday he might have. I'd like to see Bird Leno at some point. Who knows? Um, I don't really know much about him. I don't watch a ton of German football, but hopefully, you know, he's one that comes in and, and shores up that position for us. I think that Mustafi needs to be sold. I think Mavropanos, the young Greek international, needs to come in and and blood him in, you know, these next few games when we're playing not so good opposition. That was my next question is when you're now the first two games were tough because you're you're playing City and Chelsea. Now, if you want to be a Champions League team, those are games you need to win especially like you need to get at least a point out of those two games at least one point out of those two games you know not getting anything from that's tough and Uh, but now you're about to play lesser competition one would think you're going to you know the next four games you'll be four and two and then you'll be four and three when you lose to Everton it'll be fine (laughs) we'll see about that the um the main thing I, I I think we can take from this first couple games is once Laurent Koscielny is healthy, once he gets his his Achilles together, Mustafi's not going to be anywhere near the first team. So, people, now it's time to show you what little we know. It's prediction time. Hey. And uh, I know we've been rambling a little bit tonight, uh, but uh, hey, the Premier League actually gave us something to talk about, unlike last week, which was a pretty dull week, the opening week. But to look back at our first week of predictions, both Sam and myself were 5-10, and 10, where you're either right or you're wrong. If a tie means nothing, you either call it correctly or you don't call it correctly. There's there's not 30 teams in the Premier League. We can't be 5 and 10. 5 of 10. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I missed uh, that. Maybe you need another whiskey there, big boy. <laughs> so, um, But we're going to keep track of this throughout the season just to make sure everybody's fully aware how much we suck at it. And we're also going to um, – we've already written down our predictions, 1 through 20, who's going to be the top scorer, who's going to be the first manager to get fired, Who's going to be the dark horse? My dark horse sucks my ass. And then we put it in an envelope, and we're going to read it at the end of the year to see really, truly how wrong we are. Oh, god awful <laughs> we are. So, um, starting off with the early game, um, welcome to the Premier League. You've played a couple of good teams, Wolves. Now you play the best team. You're going to the Etihad and playing City. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I think City's going to be way too much for Wolves to handle. Even though the Molyneux will be rocking. They're at the Molyneux, I believe, for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to trouble them a little in the opening stages simply because they're at the Molyneux and it will be rocking again. Right. After City settles in, they're going to dominate this match. I do see Wolves holding out a little bit of resistance, though, in front of their home fans. Uh, 3-0 for me. And you are right. I read my sheet wrong. It, they're not at the empty hat. They are at the Molyneux. Um, so the midday games, we have Everton traveling to the surprise 2-0 Cherries of Bournemouth. I think Everton's going to have the ability to, to be able to calm down and play this game out. I don't think they're going to see any issues at all, really. Uh, Bournemouth might show a bit more than they've seen um, last week, especially from Southampton, uh, the other South Coast club. 
And if there aren't too many silly fouls or sloppy defending from from corners and, and set pieces, because you, your zonal marking isn't working. No. If you don't give uh, any of those stupid set plays away, I think you're going to win another one um, as long as you could deal with the battering ram that is Callum Wilson. <laughs> uh, but I think you stay safe in this one, two to one. Um, I God, I hate to do this to my team. I see a draw. Um, at Bournemouth, we have a hell of a time. Uh, in the three years they've been up, we haven't won there yet. So I, I see a 2-2 draw. But so, now you have Richarlison. So in the game that nobody at all cares about, and if you could take a nap, you would, we have Cardiff at Huddersfield. I see a very chippy, very physical 1-1 draw. Cardiff, I don't think, will be able to handle the cutting passing range of Aaron Moy. Um, you might see Huddersfield nick this one. But I, I personally see it as a draw. Uh, I, I'm probably not going to watch it, to be honest with you. Only, I mean, I'm not even going to watch the highlights. <laughs> we are, we are going to. We're, we're going on stats alone. We're not even one. talking yeah. about it. We're just not even going to talk about it. Yeah, something, it's, it's not something amazing be, has to happen. It's not going to be an exciting um, game. It, um, we are both going to visit Malaysia instead, instead of uh, you know, watching the game. <laughs> That's right. And I see Cardiff and Huddersfield being a one-one draw as well. Um, it's, it's who's going to finish 19th and who's going to finish 20th. Yay. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, I I could see that. I'd rather watch it at the end of the year when it means survival to both of them. Correct. Um, Absolutely. So next one has, uh, the Vardyless Foxes heading to St. Mary's to play Southampton. Ineacho still being young. It's going to be tough, uh, for Lester in this game, I think. Mark Hughes, as much as I hate him, does have Southampton fairly organized at the back. I do see Leicester coming out one no winners, though. So we'll see what happens, but Southampton can't score goals for me. Leicester absolutely wins. No no doubt about it. Um, I'm you can't not, agree with me on everything. No, I'm saying they, they definitely <laughs> win. I, I don't see where Southampton can, can do anything. Um, so the next one in... An early season uh, relegation battle has West Ham going to the Emirates to face Arsenal. Sammy, are you prepared to finish 17th place and go down to the championship this next year? You could barely get those words out without oh, trying to laugh. But it felt uh, so yeah. good saying I, it. Here I see nothing but an Arsenal win. They need to wake up. I think they will. The Emirates won't let them fall asleep. It'll be very uh, a very tenacious atmosphere uh, there. West Ham obviously been terrible at the back, conceding school-age goals. Um, I could see Arsenal run a riot, 3-0 for me, uh, in this one, Aubameyang at the double, in my opinion. For no good reason, I see West Ham pulling off a draw against Arsenal for 1-1. You're just a dick, that's why you see it. Mm -hmm. And then the late game has uh, the... High flying Brighton Hove Albion after their big upset against Man U. Yeah. Yes, Man U fans, I'm calling you out. I want you to talk crap to us. Um, heading to Anfield to face uh, Liverpool. They're obviously going to find it a lot more difficult than they did against United. Um, that front line is going to pin back all of the Brighton defenders, they're going to be in trouble. I don't see as wily as Danny Murphy is. Or Murray, I'm sorry. As, as as wily as Danny Murray is, I don't see him really troubling Van Dyke too terribly much. I don't think they're going to have the same 
outside the, the, the same width that they had against United. I think they're in trouble. Liverpool 3 0 and and making it three from three for me. Um yeah, I think Brighton's gonna feel really confident after beating Manchester United. I think they're going to try to open up the game a little, and I think they're going to get in trouble because of it. Yep. I, I, I see 100%. A, I see a 4-0, maybe even a 5-0, where like goals 3, 4, and 5 come in the 75th minute on. Yeah, where, I, I could know, understand that. Where where they just kind of run away with it because Brighton gets caught up in the moment, moment of where they're playing, and the, Firmino and Mane and Salah are all still on the field, and next thing you know, they're getting one-on-one challenges. Yeah, I could see that. And I really do hate the fact that every single time I say Salah, our lovely producer, does the stupid shaker song that that like Cro-Magnon Welsh did about Salah Omani Mane. Irish, thank you very much. Okay. A Cro-Magnon. A Cro-Magnon nonetheless. (laughs) So uh, Sunday morning sees uh, a Palace team that might have you know, been a hardworking team go up against Watford, who surprisingly also at 2-0 and when everybody kind of thought Watford was going to be, quote-unquote, the troubled team. Yeah, um, this game's going to be open. Very open, in my opinion. Uh, both teams so far have shown they'd like to go forward. I think Wilfred Zaha especially is going to stretch this Watford defense. You'll see them be a little bit more defensive-minded in this game, trying to control him especially. I see it being a scoring draw, 1-1. They'll both have chances. It'll be end-to-end. But I do see a 1-1 draw. Both keepers are fairly experienced uh, in general. I I just don't see anybody scoring a second goal, to be honest. Watford are the champions of the first five games of every single season. <laughs> Watford puts the boots to Palace, beats them 3-1 or or possibly 3-2. But like I think I'm going to pick up some wins. points in this one. I think Watford's definitely, definitely wins this one going away. Despite, right. the, fact, despite the fact that Palace really, I mean, take nothing away from Palace. They played a hell of a game against Liverpool. It just didn't go their way. Yeah, I mean, they... We'll see what happens. I, I think you're nuts, but we'll see what happens. So the two midday games have uh, uh, a reeling Burnley going to uh, Craven Cottage to play Fulham. Where do you see that one going? Sean Dyche will have ripped this team a new one after that performance. Absolutely. They are a very well-drilled side, a very disciplined side that absolutely fell apart this past weekend. I see Burnley getting it together, running out 1-0. I don't think Fulham has a sniff of a chance in this game. Burnley is going to be more defensive than you've seen them, and they will counterattack, and Ashley Barnes will score the goal, and that'll be that. I see the exact opposite. I see a Fulham 1-0 victory where Burnley doesn't show any aggression going forward. I think Burnley is reeling right now. And while they have, um, I believe they've already qualified to make the um, group stage of... Europa. Okay. But I think they're going to be reeling. I think that the, the schedule is too much for them. Everybody's playing every single game. And Fulham has played too well to not have a result yet. They're going to get the result and they're going to beat Burnley. Okay. Oh. Uh, and then finally, the last game of Sunday will be uh, Chelsea heading out to St. James Park to play Newcastle. And 
most people would immediately lean one way or the other, like one way being probably Chelsea winning, but <laughs> they love to go to St. James Park and shit all over themselves. That's true. Um, but Kennedy, who has so far, despite the uh, the uh, shot against the post against Tottenham and the missed penalty, has been their best player by far. Uh, Kennedy is unable to play because right. his parent and, club is Chelsea. So right. kind of explain that a little bit. So he's people. on loan uh, in in Europe, especially you can go on loan uh, to a team. If you're not playing, if you're not doing well, the manager wants to send you out to gain experience. He can loan you out to a club and then recall you the following season uh, to then be, become a member of your own club again, basically borrowing a player. Correct. Uh, but you're unable in England. You're unable to face your parent club, so Kennedy is completely ruled out for this game um, because he's owned by Chelsea. And then finally, Monday Night Football gives a, that for me is two nil. Oh, by the way, to that. Chelsea, to Chelsea. I have Chelsea winning that one as well. Yeah, so, sorry about that. I got a little ahead of myself. All good. So uh, finally, finishing out, we have Monday Night Football. And it's a game we should all be really, really excited about if it wasn't for the fact that Manchester United can't seem to get anything right right now and Tottenham has no players. So this is normally a game <laughs> we would care about, but it's just it just doesn't have the hype. So the only thing I wrote down, I'm going to read it to you word for word. It depends on how Jose comes out tactically and who he pisses off in training this week and decides to shit all over themselves for no reason. I think these players need a damn hug and some confidence. Will he give it to them? Probably not. 2-1 Spurs for me. I see a very uninteresting, uninspired 1-1 draw. Where neither it very well could be. Where neither team has enough gumption to actually go get the game. They both just go, oh, it's a big game. We can't lose points. And they'll both manage to get one out of it. Yeah, I, I could see that as well. I just think Tottenham in the early exchanges before they get tired, grabbing two, and then again, a penalty or a late Lukaku goal. And it's going to be tight. It You know, these clubs don't like to, to give too much to one another. That's the only reason. I'm, it was very difficult to come up with this score especially, but I, I do see Tottenham nicking this one as much as it makes me sick to my stomach. Mm, that's how I feel about talking about Liverpool. You feel that you feel that hate. I don't know. Maybe it's the whiskey. You feel that hate inside of you. It just it's just drown it with more whiskey. Rye whiskey <laughs> makes everything better. So I would be remiss, Sammy, if we didn't take an opportunity to talk about the club that has mastered the art of drinking beer in the parking lot. <laughs> That's right. Game one. Of a new season in Division One for Drunkard United FC. How did Drunkard United FC do this past week, Sammy? This past week uh, wasn't very good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, it was my first game back after a month and a half out. Uh, calf got Whatever a little tight. excuse you need to tell yourself, killer. Yeah, so again, as I said last week, in the latest edition so of I'm Too Old for This Shit, um, it was difficult. Uh, we didn't play very well together. We were missing a few players. We had a goalkeeper we weren't familiar with. Um, it was it was difficult. Uh, we we didn't play out of the back as we normally do. We we were just very disjointed. Uh, we also had a uh, a betrayal uh, of a player uh, recently. 
Yeah, a uh, striker from us from last season turned that... up for a different squad, which was which was uh, hard to see and and very you know disheartening. But so you know what are you gonna do? So as a gaffer, um, my job is to find the positive in everything, and I would say uh, we unfortunately lost seven to four to uh, Al Nareen, who was the um, champions of Division One last season, and lost to him seven to four, but. Late goal in the last few seconds to make it 7-4. Goal differential is a big uh, tiebreaker and always plays into it. Always plays into the playoff spots. So so losing by three would have liked to have lost by two if you're going to lose. But, you know, considering we played a lot of that game with one or no subs uh, in an indoor, which is really tough, is very, very hard to do. But, you know, we'll, we'll get them next week. We'll definitely get them next week. And if not, we will drink more beer than they could possibly imagine. <laughs> it's always a uh, positive thing that we have, no matter the result, uh, out in the parking lot. Either you drown it in sorrow or you celebrate in happiness. So, Sammy, any parting words tonight about how, you know, I don't know, your club is a constant disappointment and they stab you in the heart and they hate you? No. Oh, that's good. Thanks. Thanks for being brief. We needed that. I don't have any of those um, because they're not that, you know, again, new manager, 22 years of history. He's got to be feeling the pressure. The place is going to be full of tension at the weekend. I think they're going to come good. And um, Steven Licksteiner is a dickhead. and I love it. That's your spirit animal. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for joining us for Sam Graham. This is Sam Houston and people. Day drinking is a lifestyle choice. Embrace it, because it's not going anywhere. Good night, everyone. Good night. Yeah, bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. I'm not a cat. Don't say meow, bitch. I'm a cow, bitch. I'm a cow, bitch. I'm a cow, bitch. I'm a cow. Go move.
said, bitch, I'm too smooth. I'm not in the mood. Trying to make moves. Trying to make moves. Bitch, I'm too smooth. I'm not in the mood. Trying to make moves. Trying to make moves. McDonald had a farm I give him a titty trying to keep him calm I'm just trying to turn up in the country I ain't in the city cause they ain't got lawns Suck a nigga dick or something E-I-O Shitting on these bitches, only thing I know Tipping on the stick, I see the chickens in the pigs They wanna catch us riding dirty with the fiends, I know I ain't a moose, bitch Get out my hay, get out my hay, bitch Get out my hay, I ain't a moose, bitch Get out my hay, get out my hay, bitch. Get out my hay, I ain't a moose, bitch. Get out my hay, get out my hay, get out my hay, I ain't a moose, bitch. Get out my hay, get out my hay, bitch. Get out my hay. Milkshake brings all the boys to the farm, and they're like, it's better than yours. Damn right, it's better than yours. I treat you, but I have to charge. My milkshake brings all the boys to the farm, and they're like, it's It's better than yours. It's better than yours.